This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the show today. It's me, Dave Thomas, along with Jamie Noboom, Brian Bauer, and Kevin Conlon, who is just fresh out of the hospital, actually. Kevin, yep. how you feeling over there? A little better? Uh, a little better. Better than I was, but uh, still working on getting healthy. Kevin got a little sick again there, had to go back in, and uh, that was not fun, but um, he's back, thank God, and uh, hopefully recover fully soon and get back to work. There's no breaks at the BHP <laughs> studios. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm here. So, uh, and on the phone with us is our good friend Jack from Bear Archery. Jack, how are you today? I'm doing well. I'm awesome. doing well. I'm recouping from a very stressful APA. <laughs> Um, but I think I'm doing all right now. So let's, let's talk a little bit about that real quick. So the ATA just happened. Uh, you guys obviously have another, this is a pretty big show season coming up, so you're not done. That's for sure. But, um, how did it go for you guys? You know, I think it went like as good as it probably could have been. Um, we were on a very high traffic aisle and so we got a lot of traffic to our booth. There was a lot of, um, good feedback to all of our products. And I want to think that we were at like 30% of the products that we have this year are brand new. And like, that's a huge number when we think of across different brands that we have. And speaking of bear specifically, when we, you know, people loved our perception display that um, showed where a perception riser starts and where it finishes and it's really cool to see that um, really good feedback on the Divergent Bow and the Kuma 30 and then some other new camel patterns that we brought to market this year. And I would just say it was probably one of the better ATAs that I had been to, and it went really well for us. Excellent. And the, so the Divergent, was that a very hot thing there? Because I, you know, I saw the pictures you guys sent us from the show, and it looked like the display was incredible, and it looked really cool. You guys had multiple color ones out it was like a really cool looking display how, how did that go over as far as flashiness were people running up and asking about the virgin first or how did it go you know i think it, it it really depended i mean we had so much good stuff that people were interested in that they had heard of before but yes a lot of people gravitated to that really small narrow um short bow i mean 28 inches axle to axle and then that display showed it off really well um, and it just, 
they they wanted to pick it up. I mean, the bows were in a place where you could just pick it up and interact with it. And we loved that. And we loved people doing that because it just gets our product in more hands and shows them how light it is, how short it is, how cool it is. And the, all the camel patterns across the board went over really well, too. It was good. So uh, divergent, 330 feet per second, 3.9 pounds, six and a half inch brace height, axle, axle 28 inches, let off 75%. Uh, draw weights 45 to 60, 55 to 70, and uh, draw lengths are 25.5 to 30 if you're just joining us and, and interested in a divergent. So there's a lot of flexibility with this bow. And uh, mm-hmm. as, as far as the price point, you guys have MSRP of, uh, well, basically $700, $699.99, yeah, which is incredible, really, when you think about it. Because when you think of price point bows, this is like right at the top level of that. But like you're getting so much in this bow, it's pretty incredible when it comes to technology the way the cam can adjust, uh, you know, fit pretty much anybody, the weight distributions. And also, uh, for those who are looking for specific colors, this is incredible. I actually got the website up here. So you guys got Realtree Edge. You right. have Cryptech Highlander. You right. have One Nation Midnight, which is pretty cool. Is that something someone else owns, or do you guys did you guys create that? I've never heard um, of this one. So we work, with a, we work with a specific uh, partner to provide us that film. Um, and we, we introduced it last year. And it kind of, we introduced it as a giveaway type bow at the show. And we had so much good feedback on it that we brought it into the line later that year. And we've just carried it into the line because it seems to perform really well. Um, You know, while you think that, you know, the black and white in there might not be like a hunting bow, it still is really good and it still can be concealable because it's still got blacks and grays in it that don't make it pop like some of those other bow colors out there um and they're they're all doing really well yeah Um, it looks great i you know when people talk about um there's a lot of talking you know over the years with predator camo things of that were the open pattern concept this reminds me of that so it's kind of broken up so yeah you're right it doesn't really matter that it's not a camo or not a black it does have the breakup especially for skyline if you were to look up or something um keeping on with that the camels real quick the veil stone true timber what is that uh Kata- Can- cantina canadi there's veil there's veil stoke there's veil stoke true timber canadi and then like my favorite is the iron, iron yeah i've got i've got one right here all set up decked out ready to go with trophy ridge stuff and like i love this i, I love the color and everything and it's it's yeah, awesome pretty cool yeah, that's that's awesome. that really cool. Now, speaking of that, now Bear is known for doing um you guys have had not just iron over the years. You've had the olive green looking, you've also had a sand. Um yeah. what goes into that decision to decide not to do those this year around? Cuz I mean, you guys did those for a few years. I remember that. There was a couple years in a row where the sand and the olive green were always in there or hunter green, I forgot the name of it. But obviously, this iron's been pretty hot for you guys, for sure. But what, I guess what goes into that decision, be, be, you know, be, between an iron or a sand or a green, and when you guys decide that, mm-hmm. you know, uh, one thing that we did at ATA is we gave away um, there was a there was a wrap that was around the show guide um, that people could bring to our booth and enter in for a chance to win a bow uh, or pick their pick whatever bow they wanted to. And these bows were completely custom. I mean, they were, and all of these bows that we made that were custom, it was, 
it was good to see the feedback. Um, so we had we had one bow that had a multi-cam finish, which is like a standard issue old military camo um, in a divergent. Then we had a, uh, what was one of them, a bronze color on a Kuma 30 that looks a lot like iron, but a bronze or brown type of a piece. Then we had a, what we call tattered and worn flag pattern. And this one ended up not being able to be dipped, but it was like a very special um, airbrush paint job. So it was completely custom. Um, that one got picked first by the winner. And then we had a Veil Geo 7 Night pattern, which is a tactical pattern that we worked together with on uh, with Veil to put on a bow. And that one looked really cool too. Um, and so all of those bows, anybody who got that belly band could be entered in to win it. And we gave three away. We're going to give another one away on social media and then another one later on. And we kind of use that to gauge what camel patterns, what offerings we should try or change for the next year. Plus, we just like the overall feedback on social media. And when we put out polls or something, we take all of that feedback very seriously to decide what we want to do. And it's getting to the point where people, some people gravitate to one pattern, some people gravitate to this color and gravitate to that and we want to be able to answer the customer to the customer first and really give them what they want and need here at bear so that's really what goes into the decision to make um a different boat and then past year sales right i mean if something didn't perform then obviously it's like well only 10 people wanted that you know yeah. not a thousand or five thousand so that's a lot of what goes into the camo pattern choosing and then how it looks on a boat. I mean, if it doesn't look very good, then you don't have the shelf appeal. So makes sense. Hey Jack, this is uh Brian. I had a quick question for you. Um this uh-huh. bow with the the brace or with the axle axle twenty eight inches, that's incredible right. that it's so short. That's awesome. Now when you guys decide to to do that height, is that is that kind of patterning towards uh maybe people are going towards more ground blinds or more box blinds? Is that is that kind of what that is for to help people to be able to use a compound inside a blind or is there a different reason? Is it just for all performance? I think there's a combination of reasons. One of it is maneuverability and being able to use it anywhere. Um, But I think when you get shorter, you get lighter Mm -hmm. and you know, so it's, it's all of this combination, but I think people like short bows. They like compact bows and Really, that's that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to make a short bow well, that three, shot yeah. really, really good. Three point and then we wanted to make it light. Yeah, we wanted to make it light when other people couldn't. You know, we wanted to make it that light. We still wanted it to shoot really good. And then we wanted anybody to be able to buy it at six ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I, it, it's a combination of everything. And, and I, I will tell you, like I've heard from some of our engineers, this bow shoots way better than it should like mm-hmm. for a 699 bow in that short there's right. guys in our office i mean our general manager shoots it and he's like six two and he can shoot it with wow. no problem <laughs> you know it, it's it's crazy. crazy so let's let's jump ship a little bit here kind of move to right. a different category here so right. we go from a bow that's 20 inch axle axle 
And then we flip flop to a bow called the Revival that's thirty seven and yeah. a half inches. Now how did now what's the I guess what's behind this bow mentally when you guys were, you know when you created this thing? So I mean I'm gonna be honest here and it's not really that we did anything different. Um, a few years ago, I want to say three, we came out with a bow called the LST. A lot of people in that target market loved that bow. And we really had a handful of those bows left over. And we wanted to take that platform and we wanted to reinvigorate what people liked about it and then bring the price down. So with the revival, um, it's basically an LST with a little bit updated cams, new color options, and then more cuts to make it lighter. And then some overall reduction in how we put the bow together to bring a price to market that really any target hunter or target shooter that wants to get into target has an avenue to go into it. You know, so many of these target bows are $1,200 plus bows. Here we get a 699 bow, and you can get started target hunting in a 36-inch axle action plus bow. And that, that's really what we went after. It's just a great shooting bow that performs really well at a great price point. So it makes sense, too, with the name now. So now the makes, name makes more sense to me, and I get it. Right. I didn't know this, so that's what I'm learning here. I just looked up the other one, yeah. and, yeah, I can see the similarities to it. Uh, right. That's pretty cool, and you're right. The price is very low uh, to have that ability to have that kind of a size bow. Right, um, very cool. And then um, you know, Kevin's favorite over here. Here we go. The, oh, cru- the Cruiser G2. Oh, so man. this bow was interesting. So we came to you last year, and we said, "Hey, Kevin's at an age where he can't pull as much. He's looking for a small bow." You guys sent him this bow, and he went and shot his first deer with it, which is pretty amazing, actually. And uh, he loved it. And and this is yeah. a great example, though, of something that at, what, $400 about, you know, a, a package deal, right? This is a package bow. People oh, can yeah. go in, grab this bow to learn archery and, and do a good job. Or if they shot archery for a while and they just need to pull back, you know, get something a little lighter and change the weight, um, this was a good option. Right. I mean, it is... It is probably on the market the most versatile and like maximum range of people that can hit bow that I've seen. Um, it, it, it really like your kid can shoot it, you can shoot it, and your grandpa can shoot it. You know, like it, it's that it's that like versatile in what it is. And I mean, really, somebody could probably shoot it for the rest of their life if they didn't want to buy another bow or upgrade to faster speeds or whatever, you could use it. And I think this year we introduced a new camel pattern in it. So that veil stoked. So our camel offering is up to like, uh, eight or nine camel patterns and options in 10 of them. Yeah. The thing I, the thing I really liked about it is as soon as I started practicing with it, I was really accurate with it, you know, right off the bat, and I got right. confidence. And the only thing that was worrying me is I was only pulling 52 pounds. And when you, you know, in the old days, I'm 64 yeah. years old. So, you know, I did this when I was younger, and pulling a 50-pound a bow then and pulling back, it was hard to hold. This thing, when I pulled right. it back, it was like holding nothing. So it almost felt like, man, is this going to have enough power to do the job? Well, I had a 20-yard shot and a complete pass-through on a, on a, a nice-sized right. buck. And yeah. so there's plenty of power and accuracy there. That's what I really liked. 
Right. And I mean, yeah, I mean, the bow still is going to shoot, I think, up to 315 feet per second is yep. kind of where we've got it rated. So, I mean, Cruiser G2, yeah. Yeah, it should, it, it's going to do the job if you go down to 30 pounds. It's going to do the job, you know, whatever a regulation is in the state for a maximum poundage or minimum poundage. But it's going to do the job just like anything else, you know. And you get the right arrow, you get the right point on it, you're not going to have an issue. I know and there's a um, one of our TV sponsors, uh, The Wild Outdoors, um, Jay Gregory's daughter, um, Whitley. She shoots and pulls like 37 pounds, I think. And she, she's gotten pass-throughs with the right broadhead and stuff on, on deer. And, like, it it's awesome to see that. And I think she's like – Man, she's she's tiny, but she's like maybe maybe like four foot four or something. I'm not even sure, what? but she can shoot it like no problem. It's probably like, a sick broadhead. The thing about the <laughs> thing about it is that the draw cycle was really really smooth too. I mean, I didn't right. There was no hump in it or anything like that. I just drew it back and and yep. took my time and yeah. That's a, it. Was a great story. It was, it's just nice to you know first deer and then with a bear and like kevin said you know the bear brand goes back when he was younger and it's you know something yeah my first bow ever was a bear yeah so, so it makes it's over 40 makes a, years you know ago. kind of a great thing on top of it so it's, it's a yeah. good story and, and we've told it on the podcast a couple times now i think in the past i'm not sure with you on but we have yeah. told it a couple times and it's been a that's been a fun story um for those who you are wondering on that bow uh interesting uh oh sorry here we go uh so this bow the this is the cruiser g2 315 feet per second uh, priced at three ninety nine ninety nine package deal, three pounds in weight, six and a half inch bracelet, axe axles thirty inches, let off seventy percent. Draw weights are five to seventy pounds, which is absolutely a lot of adjustment there. And the draw length is twelve to thirty. So this thing is um, a bow that realistically. Kevin could have shot, and now he could adjust it for his grandson to shoot tomorrow, uh, either one of them, because right. at five pounds, pretty much any kid can pull it, which is incredible. And then you guys have the Cruiser Light, which is very similar. However, it's 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 right. uh, 2.7 pounds, a little bit slower at 290 feet per second, but 2.7 compared to the three pounds, so a little bit lighter, smaller mm-hmm. brace height, six uh, but pretty much a lot of the same adjustability, except for this one goes five to forty-five pounds and a twelve to twenty-seven inch draw links. Right. Uh, so a lot of good options on that side of the house, man. You guys did a great job with this lineup, and uh, I mean, there's even more. There's the salute. There's a, <laughs> a limitless. You guys got a ton on that end of the uh, spectrum here. Pretty cool. Yeah, we do. We got. We've got. I mean, we really have an option for just about anybody. I mean, it's. We, we really should keep somebody from the first time they start shooting till the last time they start shooting. And sure. across multiple different brands. I mean, we have crossbows, we have traditional bows. I mean, that's that's what we're known for is traditional bows. And it seems to me like people are getting a little bit more interested in that. They want that challenge out there. And the traditional bows are a way to go. And it just puts everything back into perspective and get gets back to the basics that make it really cool again and what fred bear started right yeah for sure so let's move into the legend series um obviously this is the cream of the crop for you guys now here's the one thing so you know obviously the first bow pops in is the perception 350 feet per second stunning looks i mean this bow i i got to hold it at a local pro shop and the grip was amazing um, I'm excited to get this bow in for the video because I just, I feel yeah. like this thing needs more press cause it's just such a great bow. 
Obviously, right. it's at $1,500 at the top of your scale here. But I, I, what I love about this bow, uh, Jack, is that it proves that bear archery can compete with any level of production on bows. And this is, this is why this bow is important to me. This says to me, hey, if you guys really want a premium bow, of course we can do a premium bow. This is it. You know what I mean? Like, you guys aren't known for doing $1,500 bows, but this was a great time to say, you know what, we can do that. It's not, you know what I mean? If you guys want it, we'll build it, you know? Right, exactly. I mean, we we got a $1,500 bow that shoots 350 feet per second that has a cage riser, shoot-through riser, and still only weighs 4.3 pounds. I mean, there's some flagship bows out there that weigh 4.8 pounds, 4.7 pounds, you know, and it's like, okay, so why not bear? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and just, just shoot it. Um, what I love about it and what I saw at the ATA show is when people come up and they, they saw our, our display that showed a block of aluminum that starts out at 50 pounds and then like almost (laughs) halfway through it. Oh, at, at 70, 75, 76 minutes in that it's kind of halfway cut out. And then after 257 minutes, which is like, well, I don't even know what I had it calculated out at is, you know, two and a half or 2.25 hours of machine time. We go from a 50 pound block of aluminum down to 2.3 pound riser. That's incredible. Yeah, I, I've seen that uh, like, video on YouTube, and it's it's pretty remarkable. That's it is. literally in, so impressive. Yeah, and, you know, we put all the other stuff on it, and we get to 4.3 pounds. And what I love is when people would go, they'd see all of that, and then they go over to the bow, and they pick it up. And they would, I mean, you look at the bow, and it looks like it's going to be heavy, right? And they pick up the bow, and they, their hand, like, goes up. I mean, it just raised <laughs> They're expecting they're like, it, yeah, because the shoot they're, they're like, expecting it to be heavy. It's a weird... <laughs> It honestly, it's a weird perception of the buck. <laughs> like, it's just so funny to see people do that. Uh, and I'm, that's the first thing I tell them. I'm like, you know, how much do you think that weighs? And they said, oh, 4.7, 4.8 pounds. I'm like, no, it's 4.3 pounds. Pick it up. And they, yeah. they shoot it up. It's like, oh, okay. And I mean, it shoots great. You've got a wood grip in there. You've still got a hinge, a roller hinge guard. Um, the cams are, are really awesome. Um, then we've never done a machined pocket like this before mm-hmm. on these bows. So it's very specific, um, to this bow. And it really was to see if we could do it, you yeah, know, and for sure. we did and it shoots awesome. Yeah. It's um, a beautiful looking bow. Yeah, if, you, shoot if, really good. if you guys haven't seen this bow, you have, I'm telling you, it is incredible looking and, and it, you know, I think it stands for everything that Bear is, and it's just, you know, a, a, a complete capable company that has the history behind it and the name and this bow it's just second to none. So beautiful, beautiful yeah. machine. And then, so as we move on in that category, the legend series, we obviously come to our Kumas. So, um, right. we got the Kuma LD, we got the Kuma, and then we got the Kuma 30, which is the one you guys, uh, were basically starting to boast now because of the size. Um, this is a great option here. Uh, so this bow is around $900 MSRP, uh, available on Realtree Edge, Iron in the Veil Alpine, which is actually pretty cool too, if you haven't seen the Alpine. Um, but this bow is a 30-inch. Um, this is 33-inch. 30, Wait a minute, am I on the wrong one? I moved, sorry. 30-inch <laughs> axle. Yeah. Somehow I landed on the Kuma. Here, yeah. let me go back. 
But You're 30, 30, 30 inches. inches of yep. So with that said, now you have a very hard decision between this and the Divergent, which is 28. So it's good because <laughs> you have all these things. So this bow, the 30 is available in the Real Tree Edge, the Vale Alpine, the One Nation Midnight and Iron. So some options right. there too. Uh, 4.1 pounds, 6 inch brace, 30 inch axle, axle 75% let off, 4560 or 5570 and 25.5 to 30 inch. So, um, right. This thing is pretty stellar. So <laughs> I, I I was extremely impressed with the Kuma series to start with. And then you guys came right. out with this one. And it was pretty cool to see that you guys thought of that and said, you know what, let's make it a little bit shorter. So we have that option for, for consumers who want a smaller bow. Uh, for me, uh, 30 inches, pretty much the cream of the crop. I'm a very, I like small bows, but 30 inches, like right, right there, you know, 30 to 32 right. is pretty good spot. Um, 28 is great. Uh, sometimes I prefer a little longer for me just for if I, if I don't feel accurate or if I'm moving too much or whatnot, um, so I don't have to weigh it down as much, but everybody's different. They all shoot different things. So I guess tell us about the Kuma series. Like where do you guys stand with this right now? Is this the big, big thing for you guys? Is it the, you know, uh, I guess, where does it sit compared to the Virgin? Cause I know they're different, but you know, mm-hmm. you're, you have two bows within two inch margin here. <laughs> they're both yeah. Awesome. And, you know, I think we um, we did so much this year um, with all of them that I think sometimes the Kuma 30 doesn't get as much love because Divergent's so good, so good, like so, such a good price point that you, you've got this Kuma 30 here that if you just want to spend a little bit more, you get a lot more features out of it. Yeah, faster bow, um, shorter, maybe a little bit heavier, but not not that much to where it's going to make a difference to you. But we add some more features when we get into the Kuma 30. You've got a roller hinge guard. You've got dual string stops. You get more speed. You've got bear cage technology built into the riser to, you know, reduce that weight. The overall maneuverability. And then the Kuma cam um, has just this awesome draw cycle to it that makes it so good. And really just building off of the Kuma name, we wanted to make it shorter, more compact, and more maneuverable for the whitetail hunter. I mean, it, and that's what we did. Um, and, you know, speaking of our Legend Series bows, these are bows that are only available at the dealer. Um, they are not available online. They're not retailers or anything. They're only available at your local dealer. And we want to support the dealers. And this is just that that addition to grow the dealer base and provide them with a little bit shorter bow than we have so far. And that's the Kuma 30. And, um, you know, the people who like the Kuma and said, man, I wish it was a little bit shorter because it's 33 inches axle axle. Well, we did that. And now you don't sacrifice anything else. You get reduced weight, same speed and 30 inches axle axle. And there's the bow for you. So, I mean, it's it, and you you think about it compared to another flagship from a different brand, and it's only nine hundred bucks. You know I mean, it's still two hundred dollars cheaper than a Matthews flagship or another bow company's flagship bow. And you're like, okay, it's it's just as good, just as much speed. It's definitely lighter. Just just shoot it. I mean, if you can tell me why you know you're gonna pay more for for the same thing then all right cut me a check (laughs) you know it's funny that's actually a good point you brought up isn't it's actually pretty impressive because what you guys did 
is you didn't raise your price. I think everybody else what? raised their price for that that bow market at the pro shop, the high end one. You guys didn't right. do that. You did create a premium, yes, but everybody's got a premium bow at that fifteen hundred dollar range. But your main bow line, you didn't raise that price. I, I guess I, I forgot about that because everybody else is around nine ninety nine and up now. Nine ninety nine, eleven ninety nine, twelve hundred is the norm now, and you guys are still at nine hundred. So that's actually a really thing, good point. The thing that's funny right. about when you think about some of these other bow companies, well, you're just paying for the name, and with, with bear archery, it's like you can't get a better name. No, than bear. you can't. I mean, the, it's a bear. I feel like dual cam's been pretty big the last few years. I think it's it's kind of, I don't know if it's the speed or what that was needed, but I felt like it's really starting to take hold a lot more in, in the industry. Um, I think right. we've seen more of those, but I, you know, for the most people, I'm not sure it it matters. Yeah. Though, for I think hunters. we've I think we've got to the point where we've perfected the you know the dual cam system and still had a really good draw curve, you know. <laughs> And once we've got to that point, people saw, okay, well, they can do it. We don't necessarily need the great draw curve that uh, a solo cam bow has. And, you know, we still get it and you get more speed out of it. Yeah. Why wouldn't you do it? Yeah, for sure. So, so, uh, you know, there's obviously a lot of stuff to talk to you about. One of the things I do want to bring up, though, is uh, um, Arrow Rust and uh, Trophy Ridge. So what's going on at Trophy Ridge? What did you guys do at the show with Trophy Ridge? So we did a lot of things with Trophy Ridge, but I think we had a new product in each category. Um, I think probably one of the hottest things that was at the show was our Hitman line of stabilizers. And what what is so cool about them, I've got them on my bow here. I just did a how-to video on like how to set this up. And what's cool is what we put into it is a quick disconnect system. So what you can see here is, I mean, you're just able to take this bow or the stabilizer off of this bow with the simple twist of the stabilizer. Oh, sick. Yeah. That's so cool. sorry I mean, guys. Sorry you guys on the audio. You can't see looks this. Great. <laughs> We're on FaceTime. <laughs> so we can, oh I can see Jack, but that is awesome. And actually we got to show that here. We got to do a video on this too, but that's really cool. Uh, that yes. I, that is, I didn't know it did that like that. That's neat. Right. I mean, so many people are like, are what they want to do is they want to shoot a six inch, st- inch stabilizer so they never have to take it off their bow and it fits in their in their bow case mm-hmm. but you, now you can shoot a 12 inch stabilizer because you can take it off like in the flick of a wrist really um and then a lot of people don't shoot sidebar type mounts for hunting just because they're like well i don't want the added weight and i don't want to have to deal with all that stuff well if you can take it off that quick I might shoot with it. You know, I might put an eight inch stabilizer on the front and a six inch off the back. And, you know, that's one cool thing that people really gravitated to. Um, the, the rod is built out of carbon fiber. Um, we've got adjustable weights on the front of it. And then the quick disconnect system is in every stabilizer. So we throw it in there and I think we start out at like 59.99 on the six inch. So it's not like it's a crazy price either. And then we have, kit options so that's the stabilizer category um that went over really well in the rest category we launched the sink and the sink md um and the sink is a drop away style rest almost a flipper style rest and the sink starts out at 59.99 so the price point to have a really good drop away rest is it's like you i mean you might as well just buy it now yeah. Yeah. For it because it's it's just great 
Um, and then the Sync MD, which has micro drive in it so that you can, you know, loosen that thing and then really customize and sync your arrow to your bow. Um, and that's why we picked the name Sync too. So um, it, it's, those were great refs. Um, and it went over really, really well. The other thing was our, uh, you guys can't see it either, is our quiver. We went to, um, you know, we're, we're known for the lights. We've got the lights built into it, but we added more lights. So we put three lights on top and then one light on the inside. Are those green lights? Lighter. What's that? Is that green light? They are green lights. Oh, so hey, cool. Ron, I love that one. Yeah, so right. where's Ron? <laughs> <laughs> I just saw in the, the videos I could see green below, and I'm like, wow, that's perfect. That yeah, thing looks so great. Green lights in there. Um, we made the hood just a little bit bigger than the light, uh, the light one, and the that we had before. Um, and then it has, you know, just the nice quick detach feature, ballistic copolymer hood um, that actually helps reduce vibration. And you know we. We just improved that, and it's just a really good quiver to put on a bow. And I mean, my favorite feature is the light built into it. Yeah, you know, yeah. I don't anymore have to worry about you know light going to the stand or coming from the stand because I just remember, oh, I've got it on my quiver, and I'll just hold my bow out yeah. there and light my way. Really, That's a good point. so great, great piece there. Then we launched a site that's called the Hot Wire, and that site. Um, has two fixed pins on the top for your 20 and 30, and then a adjustable slider pin to get you out to 80, 90 yards with the faster bow speeds that we've got. Um, and what's so cool about it is it's just a, a toolless knob on the top that allows you to turn it all the way down, all the way up, and get into those yardages. So I really think that it's like the perfect whitetail hunter's sight because so many times we're like in our stand and we set up our stands for 20 and 30 yard shots and then a deer comes in at 70 and you're just like oh shoot i can't shoot out that far or i don't know really what's going to happen out there well with this site if you start practicing and dial in you can shoot out to that 75 you know 80 yard mark and not wow. miss an opportunity that's pretty cool yeah, I can yep. see it on the uh, website. Wow, that's pretty neat. I can do that. Yep. You know, it's interesting to me. I don't know if you guys remember this, but, you know, when you're showing the quiver, the, the loop on the top, you know, it yeah. seems it's so common sense right nowadays. But when we were kids, that wasn't there. No quiver oh, yeah. had that when we were kids. And I, I just remember, like, stuffing it in my bag and come up with all oh, these yeah. creative ways to hold my my quiver in the tree. I remember taking a tree step and putting it in and then hanging it between the arrows and whatever I had to do. But it's just funny though, that like nowadays you don't see one without that hook anymore. It's just funny that like how things change, but now that's just standard. You would expect that hook. You know what I mean? Everybody has the hook, right? Without that hook, it's like you, what would you do with it? You know, I don't even know how you would anymore, but um, how did the, the, my favorite rest go over the whisker biscuit? (laughs) Oh, you know what? The whisker biscuit is just tried and true. I mean, I put it on my, on almost all of my bows because the coolest thing that I like about it, what? It's hard to beat that one. It's, It's it is hard to beat it. Yeah. And, um, I put it on all of mine because what I do when I go out there and I sight it in, I mark it. So I'll take some white out and I'll mark those things where I have it set up because I mess up my bow. I hit my breast. I go to the stand or whatever. I usually keep an Allen wrench in my whitetail pack anyways. So 
all I have to do is bring wow. it right back to those whiteout marks. That's a good marks, idea. And then yeah. I never have to worry about it. You, you know, should do a video on that that we can show. That's <laughs> I, a good idea. I could. <laughs> With the whisker biscuit. Yeah. That's and a great the, idea. That I, happened in Opu. Yeah. I, Opu. Right. The last two years, I throw a, a whisker biscuit on because something happens to my drop away. Yeah. He like, had a, you know what? He had a setup. I'm just leaving it the, on His drop away broke, and he just went to the store, bought a whisker <laughs> biscuit at Walmart or something, Even wherever though it was. Bunch came here. back and threw yeah because we weren't we were in the we were in the, we were in the field you know we were hunting he had to go up find a walmart buy it assemble it shoot his bow recite it and he was good and that was it he never will take it off again he's nope. like that's it right that's it there's been times well there's been times when i have bumped it moved it put it back and then like i didn't shoot a deer or anything didn't have the opportunity mm-hmm. went back and sighted it in and uh, it was sighted in still and it's wow. like yeah. okay well, what what am I what am I doing with all these other rests? Yeah. I mean, the whisker biscuit yeah. is it, you know. Yeah. When I and, when I shot that deer with the G two, also I was on the ground and he was only twenty yards away. I drew oh, back. Yeah. I drew back. He never heard a thing. Oh no, oh, that's awesome. Speaking of the whisker biscuit, um, if we're shooting, um, uh, if you're if we're testing like feet per second, do you guys have what? any sort of concept of? if it slows the arrow down a little bit compared to like using a drop away, cause you guys do both. So would you, I mean, is there like a, you're going to lose five feet per second with it or do we know that? Is is anybody have that data you've seen? Um, on our website, there is a question FAQ, I think, uh, section of the site. And I think okay. on there, we address some feet per second loss questions. Um, I don't quote me because the site's probably more right than I am. <laughs> um, and I want to say, like, I, I want to say that it does. There is a tiny little bit. Um, yeah. And, yeah, for testing, it may be something to think about because, yeah, we want to know the optimal performance of some of these bows. But when you get into a hunting scenario, okay, what's – What's two feet per second? Yeah, well, that's my yeah. point. We try to use a whisker biscuit when we do our feet per second right. test here on every bow. And it's mainly right. because uh, it is a hunting rest. Yeah. And the odds are you're mm-hmm. going to use that rest. But we do tell right. people, you know, we used a whisker biscuit. Yeah. You might have lost a couple feet, just so you yeah. know. So if your bow's not hitting 330 and you said 330, well, that could be part of the issue why we didn't hit 330, right? Uh, but right. we haven't seen, like, a huge disconnect. And actually, Krishner, who's not here right now, but our bow tech, he was like, oh, you're not going to lose that much from the whisker. He's like, "It's uh, it, you no. know, you'll lose a couple. You're just not going to – it's not going to be yeah. enough to where gonna it's going to be. make a difference. Yeah, I mean, it might make a difference in a couple, but not, like, you know, 20 yeah. or something yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's not nothing like that. Right. Um, but that's a good point. You know, we should test that one time here. Just, you know, throw yeah. a uh, – with your guys' different rests, do a drop away versus it and see what we come up with, you know. It's an interesting mm-hmm. test you could do and, you know, run. But anyway um, – won't keep really, it too on long. Our site, on ahead. our site, basically what it says is compared to a prong style rest, the speed loss from three inch veins is negligible. Um, for four inch veins or feathers with a one to two degree helical, it will produce a loss of only one to two feet per oh, second. So it's going to so, be minimal. So with, with blaze, you know, with blazer veins, you're not going to see anything. Yes. Yeah, because the, the vein is not in there for a long enough no. period of time for it to affect it. No. So, so listen here, other bow companies, don't be using that as an excuse on your feet per <laughs> second. You better hit your numbers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on real quick because I want to make sure we cover this. Let's talk about the sick broadheads. I know something you guys have been talking about and kind of 
Um, yeah. You know, let's talk about I'm looking at it right now, and oh, my gosh, this thing looks vicious. I, I don't know if you guys have seen this. I don't know if you guys got it on your phone. Maybe look it up. I, I can't show it to you. But the channel this thing makes is unbelievable from what I've it, seen. It, it, it's nothing like we – I mean, it, It's nothing like I've seen com. before. It's nothing like I've seen before. Um, you know, when you think of, you know, how good a whitetail head should be or whatever, I mean, this broadhead is top of the line. Um, the wound channel that it makes is, is different and and it's Mm -hmm. different because it has an offset design. Um, basically when it goes through and when it, you know, cuts that piece, there's, there's offset blades and you can kind of see it. I'm demonstrating it to the guys here, but you can see how there's two different planes. One blade is on top and one blade is on bottom. Ah, And then they they hinge. You know, so that don't cut yourself. Opens, don't cut yourself there. I won't cut myself. <laughs> it is sharp, but it looks really sharp. It's it's really sharp. <laughs> I have cut myself before. I was so, gonna say that thing looks. It's super interesting. It is. It it's looks cool. It looks sick, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice pun. I see what you did. Yeah. There. Uh, see what hey, you did. I've had like a couple of those puns already today. <laughs> like that's just I caught that's the just other two. Good naming. Good naming convention. <laughs> um. But the offset wound channel makes like a, a lightning bolt type of cut, uh, okay. um, which really, you know, when you think of a blade who's on just one plane, um, I mean, just what like doctors would tell us, what surgeons would tell us. I mean, that wound has a tendency to pull back together and coagulate or heal. Yeah. Right. So yeah. if you do something that has a wider cut, it can't heal. It can't go back together. So it's going to reduce the overall um, wounded animals out there just because an entry hole doesn't have the ability to close up. I mean, a lot of people have talked about before how, you know, they shoot a deer, it's cold out and because it runs or whatever, it kind of closes up that wound channel and it doesn't bleed. Well, if you get a pass through with this thing, you're going to find that deer. Like it's guaranteed. I I can almost well, bet the first you. problem is, Jack, it's out of stock. I'm trying to buy it right now. It won't let me. <laughs> you guys better get we these babies in. We sold out of them already. This all is, of our dealers, all this, of our yeah, dealers I, I, think, I think you might have something on your hands here. Yeah, sick. <laughs> uh, it's called SIKbroadheads.com. You guys got to check that out. It is looks amazing. In fact, I got a new name for it. Instead of calling it sick, let's call it the Harry Potter broadhead. Yeah. It's got the Z for the Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Be prepared. Like Pretty soon, everybody's going to be the copying it. on his forehead. It looks like it, man. This thing is seriously amazing. Um, yeah. Wow. I, I would. I would love to shoot this at a deer. Actually, I'm kind of curious now to see. Should shoot a pig with it. I want to. Well, I actually want to go shoot a deer with it right away next year. I think this so, would be kind of cool to see. See what I'll it does. Send you, when we get some broadheads, I'll send you guys some broadheads so that you can really see. And we. So at the ATA show, we gave away a single. Like so, we gave away a thousand single broadheads. And we already had somebody on social media shoot a deer wow. and send us a picture in the wound channel. Oh and I'll send God. you guys that because That's amazing. it's wow. awesome. We're like, <laughs> That's what are the fast. Odds that this guy goes out? Yeah. And Actually, he's like, dude, it's, it's awesome. I'm sold. What's you know? the date? Oh, we get to the end of the month. <laughs> yeah. Send me a single one. <laughs> I, will, you I know forgot what, about that. You guys should shoot some deer. Bag them as fast as you can. I get a couple minutes to get out there one more time. Um, yes. Okay. Is there any other brands you want to talk about that I'm forgetting? Because I know you guys have a lot of brands. I mean, those are the big ones. I mean, that's going to be our heavy hitters that have the really good products in them. 
Rocket Broadheads, too. We came back out with the Meat Seeker and a Meat, meat Seeker crossbow head as well. Um, Sidewinder XT and Hammerhead XT. We took that that brand and we kind of reinvigorated it. It used to be that, you know, critter slaying blood paving machine. We made it faster. We made it look more like an energy drink or um, flash, I guess you could say from a DC comic is flash. <laughs> Marvel, you know, I'm sorry. I'm trying to get into my geek mode. Yeah, it um, looks like it. This is a cool but, website. Yeah. And so we, we just really made the heads better. We took the ones who performed the best, brought the meat seeker back, um, you know, got them a little bit better steel, some better points on them and everything, and just reinvigorated that line. And that line has been performing really well, too. But it, it has been overshadowed with thick broadheads because they're they're so good. I, so, but there is a price difference. We should note right. that. I just noticed that. So right. sick is uh, for the main like mechanical. You guys are saying MSRP around fifty dollars uh, for yep. three, I believe, in this pack yep. or two, three, yep. three, three. Uh, and then the hammerhead, which one of my favorite hammerhead XTs, which I know I've seen these in action. They're pretty vicious. These are thirty bucks for three. So there is right. a difference in in the in the quality, right? Probably the, exactly. how they're made, but um, they both are amazing. I've I've used rockets in the past, Sidewinder XT specifically, and uh, it. it is vicious itself on what it yeah. can do i've actually shot the meat seeker but i never actually hit a deer with it I, I never had the chance but it looks pretty sweet yeah i did see a guy uh, shoot a ram with it once though actually oh I think about a friend of ours and that was pretty cool um, one thing you know in the in the sick line of broadheads we do have you know and we've got an option for just about everybody so we've got the mechanical head we've got a crossbow fixed blade and then we've got a compound compound bow fixed blade too, and it's called the F4. And the compound or the crossbow version is F4CB. And what it really is is a two blade broadhead with bleeder blades on it. So really a four blade. It's kind of why we said F4. Um, uh, okay. And I shot I shot this one pretty much uh, all year, um, and I shot two does with it. One of them I shot at like. 10 yards and she went five yards and died there was a a heart shot but like complete pass through it it just killed her and then i shot a mule deer um out in western nebraska at 64 yards with this head and i sighted this head in out to 70 yards with shooting groups in a circle and so we wow. can really crazy. You can shoot this head just about anywhere, and it's great cut. I think it's one point two, one point two five inch um, cutting width on it, and the bleeder blades just really cause you know maximum devastation to it. And I really like this one. Um, I've been a fixed blade guy for a long time, and. So it's, that's the F4, right? This, this is the F4. So the yep. F4 is, that one is in stock if you're listening right now and want it. And it is actually a little less money. That one's $40. So that yep. one's, and then they have the F4 crossbow, which I see in here too. Same thing, 40 Wait. bucks, and in stock. So if you're looking for those, that's it's the stock? mechanical one. Yeah, the mechanical is the only one that you can't get right now, which is real hot looking. I'm not going to lie. This thing's Shoot, sweet. <laughs> I didn't even know that that was in stock. I'm going to have to buy some. Maybe it's not. <laughs> Maybe it's like one pack oh, left I, or something. If it, if it says it's in stock, then it's in stock. Oh That's man. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, no, but, besides all these amazing brands and all the business talk, what do you got going on personally this year? Anything cool going on? Any big trips or anything? 
Man, I just had my son is three months old now. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's in store for me. I've got I've got two kids now, under two oh, years old. Oh man! So it's it's been it's been tough. Um, but I think I'm I'm definitely going to try to you know bow hunt here in Indiana. Um, I might try to get out west again. Um, didn't get a big mule deer like I wanted to, but took a doe. Um, and then I don't know. I might. I've got. I've got a few things um, lined up <laughs> down in Florida to do a gator hunt, Ooh, um, which is different. I've never even kind of really wanted to, but we've got a marketing thing that kind of went on with Cabela's Club, where nice. you get to tour the tour the Gainesville factory, build your own bow, wow. and then take it out and go gator hunting, uh, um, which cool. is pretty neat. And then potentially a bear hunt. Um, in Canada, but not too sure if that'll line up for the spring or not. So, what part of uh, Canada do you guys usually go for the bear hunt stuff? Well, this one would be with like one of our partners, and I think they're in Quebec. Okay, cool. That's where we go so, when we go usually. Yeah. So that is a beautiful area, and there's a lot of yeah. bear there. It makes for uh, I think when we went, it was a hundred percent kill rate, um, which was incredible. And I, yeah. I don't know, uh, Bob, would you say it's um, it's still that way now or no? The last time I talked or talked to Ron and them, they said that it was a little lower. Yeah. And a reason for that was there was so much forage for the bears to eat because uh, oh, yeah. the winter, than, the previous yeah. winter had been so light. And there were a number of hunters that passed for one reason or another. That's what I was going to ask because the next thing is, did they pass because yeah. of the size? Whereas, like, Brian here, who's never went, he ain't passed on any size because yeah. he's like, I'm getting married. He's, he's going to wear a yellow cub hat. And they, they still wound up with, uh, I think, 73, 75% harvest. Yeah, and that's pretty good. Because I know most people bear. are passing, like, you know, Chevy, Mike Avery's. They, right. they pass on anything under 300 usually. So, <laughs> and, and don't get me wrong, there'll be a couple of those bears out there. But, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. They'll, uh, they'll still have big bears. Yeah, it's um, anyway. All right, Jack, thanks for joining us as usual. Greatly yeah. appreciate it. Uh, we wish you guys the best of luck this year. We're looking forward to some, doing some cool stuff with you guys coming up. And uh, uh, if you're out there listening, go to beararchery.com to learn more about uh, the amazing bows that they're working on over there, as well as learn about the history of Fred Bear and the podcast they have coming up right now that will be uh, going on this year too, right? You guys started that last year at the end of the year? Right, yep. We've got uh, – we basically took – Fred Bear Field Notes um, book that he wrote and turned it into a podcast to bring some life to um, Fred Bear and the different journeys that he went on. And you could go to um, beararchery.com forward slash field notes. Yes. Does it look like this Bible? There you go. We found this, the Archer's Bible by Fred Bear. And it's not the field notes, but look, it's got a Kmart logo. A dollar eighty-two or something back in the day, oh, and yeah. just amazing, tons of amazing content in this thing. Well, we're the read old school. Yep, we'll keep we'll keep this right over here. Who found this, by the way, Tim? Oh, that's right, Tim found this baby. Where'd you find a garage sale? Yeah, Your dad did. It. My dad found <laughs> a garage, garage sale. sale. Yeah. <laughs> we got it for two. Can you imagine what this is worth to hunters? They pay for this. Yeah. Oh my gosh! For those yeah, who can't see, I've got. Oh. I've got some, I've got a handful of things in my office that are like 
touched by Fred Bear that are just wow. they're, they're a, so cool to see. No, he showed me an image of uh, Fred Bear with a huge moose that he took. Uh, it's like a picture, a white, black and white picture. It's, yeah. it's like a personal from, picture of Fred Bear. It's from 1968. And wow. uh, it's, I think, one of his um, hunts on the Fred Bear field notes. I want to say it's Little Delta. When he's talking about a moose, this is the moose that he shot. Wow, that is uh, amazing. Yeah, it's pretty cool to see. Let me know if you can give me a copy of that. I want to print it at Costco and put it up in our office. That's pretty cool. I got some copies here. That'd be sweet. Yeah, yeah. A hey, question. There's one thing I did have a question about. I was going to ask you earlier, and I forgot. Yeah. Does Bear Archery have anywhere that they keep, like, all the older models from the years past? Um, we have a little bit of an archive um, here. Um, in Evansville, but I think they keep one model down in Gainesville, Florida, at our factory. Of everyone you guys built? Yeah, I think so. That's cool. There's actually a guy that goes around to the traditional shoots. Yeah. And he's got a heck of a, a display and collection of all the bare bows. Wow. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. Really all the old ones, and yeah. Stuff? Wow, he's got about 60, I was thinking, 70 bows. I'm thinking more of the compounds, but you know, traditional, obviously, yeah. there's millions of those probably yep. out there, you know. But uh, compounds, I, I actually had this thought in my mind that I kind of want to start reviewing the old bows and archive them, you know, because it's yeah. kind of cool. Because, like, I mean, we go back to 2009, the bows, but like, you know, yeah. what if we got our hands on a 2004 bear? Or, you know, it'd be cool to do the video on it, even though it's you know, call it archive series, you know, where you go back and look at some <laughs> of the old stuff. I just think it's interesting, you know, to kind of lock it in time, right? What that what was there right. at that year? So it's kind of cool. I mean, yeah. crap, man! You go back to the carnage days you guys had back in the, a couple years back. Those were that was an amazing bow. I mean, right. it was a really really great bow. So anyway, all right, Jack, did we miss anything else you wanted to uh, put in there or talk about? I don't think so. I think we've exasperated a lot of the good stuff uh, that we talked about. I mean, you've got to get out there and go to your local dealer or retailer to check out these bows to see how good they really are. I mean, absolutely. I agree. Start buying them. 100%, man. All right. Thanks a lot, dude. Appreciate it. All righty. We'll, we'll see, see you, you later. Well, thank you. Bye bye. All right, guys. So carrying on with the bear conversation, uh, as we just got off the phone with Jack from Bear Archery. Um, what do you guys think? How is you're going to go for bear? I don't know. I like that new bow. If you, once you guys shoot it, I think you're really going to like it. I can't wait to get my hands on the perception, which is in route to us. That's that's the nice. premium one. Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah, we took a couple shots at the yeah. We've GT. shot um, yeah, we've shot the new Kuma thirty, and we've shot the Divergent, which we have those here, and they're both great. Um, but this perception I'm really excited about just because it's a premium and I, I really do want to put them up against other premium bows, you know, mentally, so I can just get a feel for a high end Hoyt to a high end bear, a high end Matthews to high end bear, because we never had that option before when it comes to the high, high end, you know, like the premium side of it. Um, the Hoyt carbon bow compared to that, you know, perception type thing. What really caught my eye actually is, um, is that cruiser G2 you guys talked about, uh, just my son, uh, he's only four obviously, but. I don't know. I'm looking for like a youth bow eventually that I want to get him into, and then uh, when he gets a isn't bit it amazing older. the adjustability on it. For though? sure, that's what, what I, really uh, was pretty cool. Crazy. Listening to what that, I know? was going to tell Jack is that's perfect bow because after my my surgery, I I was shooting a thirty pound forty pound bow to get back into the the muscle oh, strength and everything. Yeah, good you point. could have taken that bow. Somebody that has chest surgery, arm surgery, right. shoulder surgery. Build yeah. yourself back and up. And yeah. you just lower the poundage on it, recite it in, and work your way back up, right. and you're shooting the yeah. exact same bow. Also, for the 
people who just don't have 800 bucks or 900 yeah. bucks, you know. What do you think, Tim? You've been quiet over there. I've been quiet. Haven't Tim I? came in late to this conversation, but he hasn't said a single thing. It's not I normal. Think, um, he you know, shaved I, his beard. Something's think, wrong with him. I think hey, he did, uh, What the heck? Yeah. I thought he wasn't supposed to be <laughs> here today, you, so I'm, well, really, that's right. glad, I'm surprise, really glad you surprise, showed up. Bi- surprise. <laughs> it, it made my day. <laughs> I, so I can tell you're really happy. You, you told me I was number one when I walked in, so that was good. <laughs> you are number one. Um, no, I think I think Bear, Bear never really went anywhere, but I think what's been surprising to see from Bear is their kind of reemergence with their marketing and the bows and everything that they've come out with. I mean, they, they've really kind of stepped up their game over the last couple of years to really produce some really good looking, really amazing shooting bows. And they never really had bad bows to begin with. Uh, But I think you see a lot more of their technology, you know, coming up at speeds and coming in line with a lot of the other companies nowadays. And uh, the kids segment, um, I think they own that. I mean, yeah, the, whole, cool. the whole kids segment from, you know, the adjustability of the crews, number one, yep. but they have a whole kids line, too, that you don't see a lot anyway. So I, I think for them, you know, the, the tradition that they've had within the industry of Fred Bear and to continue on with with really trying to get kids and new people and really having a bow that they can grow up with um, says a lot about what they think. So I think that's uh, kudos to them. And me being traditional and compound. You go to a traditional shoot, I'd say 30 to 40% of the people are shooting bare bows. Wow. You know, that's a high percentage. Yeah, when well, you think huge. of the market. Have they, how long have they owned Trophy Ridge? I didn't know that they owned it. Long that. time. Has it been yeah. that long? Well, time? you know, what happened was Whisker Biscuit yeah. that came out, I believe. I, I, I don't know the history, actually. But my thought was, I think Whisker Biscuit was always made by Trophy Ridge. And then when they realized it was a hot commodity, they purchased it. I think yeah. this is a while yeah. back, though. Yeah. This, this, I want to say in the 2000s. Though. What a great easy rest. Oh, I, my God. I still that love rest is... I love the whisker biscuit for the simplicity and the fact that if you shoot a drop away, you keep a whisker biscuit in your hunting bag. Cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Quick also, change. That's, also, that's happened two years in a row to me. Inexpensive. You know, it starts loosening yeah, well, up. Very inexpensive. $34 yeah. or something. Yeah. Maybe yep. even cheaper. Quit, for yeah. and, and I've never been on an elk hunt, but if I were oh, to go on an elk you, hunt, you, I'm taking that. If I'm, wa- if I'm walking around with that on my... You know, with the arrow in, trying to shoot something like. Did you hear his idea of marking the bow where the yeah. rest is? You yeah. just put it right back yeah, right? on. That's a huge idea. Yeah, yeah just that means that no law, not that much loss on the feet per second. Really, I, I mean, know. You know what right. I mean? Like you said, it was minimal. I guess it's you know you think about it, it's coming so fast. You know when that arrow lo- lets go, Unless, when that string lets go, that pressure. We're you put when the you cock feather down, and it's going through the hard bristles. I, I, I say that because uh, it happened to me talking. when I when I when I first started. First off, that was a different rest. Yeah, no, no, no when I'm talking when I, about no, I'm a saying, different whisker biscuit no. type rest. When I'm when I and first like, yes, started, he did listen. throw. <laughs> I looked at him, but it, I did true. it because I took I had taken there? my bow in when I first started bow hunting <laughs> to the shop. Amateur hour, and Is I'm like, matter? and I'm like, I go, I go to the the shop. Matter. Are you going to listen? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Hold on. Hold on. Just hold on. I was having. Are we listening? Shut up. Somebody be quiet. I was having issues with the arrow penetrating. I'm like, what is going on? And the guy goes, That's well, not your only problem. He goes, well, he goes, how, <laughs> you, how are you shooting it? I'm like, well, I showed him. He goes, no, cock feather is like, the cock position. feather goes to those hard bristles, it will show it. So you got to make have, sure you have Let me just tell you something, Jamie. You have way more issues than anybody else that I know. You are Good probably question, the worst hunter I've so ever seen. That whisker biscuit oh, really? that yeah. Jamie bought for ah. $34.99, there is a certain way you have to put that in. It doesn't. It's not all the same bristles? No. The, well, the ones yeah. at the, that hold the arrow at the bottom are a little stiffer. 
So oh, if you okay. put if you put I a feel feather like through should, that, it will slow it down. I feel like we should on this conversation because yeah. I don't want to say something. That's See, well, if you if right. you look at a whisker, I get that's, it. That's I what I was saying told. to me. But I but I made that comment to Schnur. They are a little harder. I made the comment to Schnur. He told me no, it goes this way, and it was a different way than I had originally put. it. I've always put it with the cock feather and the V, and he said no, it goes in straight. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. Because but when that's not what up, he was doing. No. He you, wasn't using a, a different biscuit. rest. Yeah. Right, right, he was right. using a tri yeah, one, yeah. and he was yeah. putting yeah. the veins into the, the, into bis- the bristles. But those weren't yeah. made for that. That's made right. to support the arrow, not touch the veins, because yeah. if you touch the veins, <laughs> right, 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 right. Right. And those are your veins. They have to be off. You have a built-in excuse the when you miss. You know? <laughs> anyway, this, this podcast is going way too long. All right. I think we're out of here. Everybody have a great, safe night, day, whatever it is for you right now. And uh, good morning, good afternoon, and, and good, good evening, and goodbye. Thanks so much for listening to the Bowhunter Planet podcast online at bowhunterplanet.com with your host, Team BHP. Check us out on Facebook at Bowhunter Planet. We'll catch you next time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.